If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's happening, friends? Welcome to episode 413 of Podcast Unlocked, IGN's weekly Xbox show. Plenty to cover this week, as always, in the world of Xbox. Some major new releases, Destiny 2 Shadowkeep, uh, Ghost Recon Breakpoint, plus uh, we sent one of our intrepid reporters up north to Seattle to see Microsoft Flight Simulator. And before you go roll your eyes in your head, you're going to want to hear this. There is a lot of interesting stuff to talk about there. Uh, speaking of interesting, there is a very strange feud going on between voice actor Troy Baker and Gearbox Software. We'll cover that. All that and more coming up on Podcast Unlocked. Podcast Unlocked. All right, my friends, I'm Ryan McCaffrey. To my left, the great Mark Medina. Yeah, bam, that's the thing I say. <laughs> the thing I say on podcast, yeah, bam. bam. No, 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 yeah, yeah. bam. Yeah, bam. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, bam. Brent chomp, Sanchez, chomp. <laughs> do you have any catchphrases you want to I just say borrow? hello in a just very hi. peppy voice. Hello. We'll yeah, that's all That's, that's all, all you, you get. It's all, it's all good. Uh, welcome to Podcast Unlocked for October 1st. This is officially it. It was already it. officially it, but now, I mean, October, uh, specifically this year, I think the bulk of the major releases are not. There's some big stuff in November. Mm -hmm. There was some big stuff in September, mm -hmm. but I, I think there's just more of it in October. Yeah, it's like towards the end of the month. We have like a few few weeks of just, all right, get your stuff together, <laughs> kind of look at all these games that are ongoing, cover their stuff, and then get ready for the new launches later. Yeah. yeah. Call of Duty will be happening this mm -hmm. month. Outer Worlds is like... The Outer Worlds? Is it the same day? Uh, I can't remember. I think it might be, if I remember right. Yeah, it's towards the end of the month. Yeah. Maybe. That's a big one. Um, there's Luigi's Mansion 3 on Switch. On, on <laughs> Halloween. Yeah. With the NBC. That's spooky. I'm looking forward to that. I, I love the original. I Me never too. played the second one. Me too. Same. Which, which was a handheld game. But yeah, the original was near and dear to me. Yeah, the game's awesome. Um, but yeah, gosh, there's, there is a lot. There's a lot of big stuff happening in the month of October. So let's start a quick correction, sort of pseudo, well, semi-correction from last week. You know, we went on a very large rant about Activision and Spec Ops being 
uh, ex- totally exclusive mm-hmm. to PS4 for about a year. We actually, well, we, we were actually talking about the survival mode, but we just kept saying Spec Ops. So it's not the entire thing. It is a mm. mode within there. But the thing is, for me, and speaking for myself, it doesn't change anything about what I said last no, week. It's you, I still think long, it's totally gross. Year-long exclusives are nuts, especially yeah. in annualized franchises. By the time anybody else is able to use it, Black Ops Five is going to be out, or yeah. whatever. Or it'll, Treyarch's it'll be game is it'll be, be literally literally days away at that point mm-hmm. by October first of twenty twenty. Well, yeah. thanks for uh, saying that. This mode doesn't matter to anybody else except <laughs> just PS4. So there it is. But <laughs> if you want to hear our rant about that, tune into last week's episode four hundred twelve. Uh, let's move from rants to raves, though. Destiny Two Shadow Keep. What do you think, yeah. Destin? I love it, Ryan. Oh, bam, it's awesome. Bam. <laughs> Destin is streaming. That's why he's not on the show. Rip to Destin. Yeah, he's off streaming the heck out of it, playing it. I think he's also reviewing it for us as well as he I, has. I, wouldn't I would see. imagine. Yeah. But Someone asked, they're like, how long is Destin streaming for? I was like, Probably the forever. rest of his life. Yeah. I, I'm not sure. Till he keels over and yep. can't I do it anymore. I could see him just ordering pizza and just having people ferry food into him constantly, just <laughs> never leaving. Slide pizzas under the studio door. Yeah. <laughs> and then in the morning, pancakes, because they also oh. fit under the door. Ooh, ooh, right? I'm sorry. He, <laughs> he can only eat flat food. <laughs> Got it. That's it. Sounds Tort- good. Tortilla. Yeah. With uh, a quesadilla. Like, like, quesadilla. Yeah, he can't yeah. have a burrito, but he can have a quesadilla. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> overcome a doubt (laughs) how long can we keep this up so some some good toast what's what's your favorite flat food we need to make that (laughs) (laughs) but no i mean i will say too and destin mentioned this last week he did get to go up to bungie a couple weeks ago uh which is why he wasn't on the last time he wasn't on and do a bunch of interviews a bunch of exclusive stuff in the lead up here to shadow keep and who better to send to bungie for us than destin there is an interesting news breakout that he got out of that in, in an interview with studio head Pete Parsons about how Bungie has plans for something new by 2025, and they have sort of their whole studio roadmap laid out. So I'd very much encourage everybody to go check that out if you are at the slightest bit interested in what's going on with Bungie. I, I brought this yeah. up right now because the game's on Steam now, yes. and it's mm-hmm. technically it's free to play um, until you get to, I think it's Forsaken. Oh, nice. And so it's like they've already broken, they're at like 200K concurrent wow. on Steam right now. That is, and that's so, pretty so, astronomical. Just Steam, not not including Xbox, not including PS4. And not including if you're still just on Battle.net. Battle.net. Yeah, everyone yeah. I was talking to this morning said they had a wait time to get into Destiny. Wow. That's that's, that's wow-ish. It's, right like, a, there. it's yeah. like a free game now, like and and it's on a platform it's never been on. I'm I'm What's super excited to get back into it with like having cross saves and everything. So mm-hmm. I, I stopped mm-hmm. after the first raid and just before the the first big expansion. Like mm-hmm. I, I played like a tiny bit of it, but then just had to fall off. Yeah. Um. So now I'm gonna get back into it. There's so much there. Yeah. I thought we could we could spend a minute talking about this, even though Destin's not here, but. You know, let's let's take that 2025 thing of of you know whatever's next for Bungie after Destiny. There's no Destiny three on the immediate horizon that we could see. Now, for all we know, they could just announce it next spring as mm-hmm. a next gen game and be like, oh, Destiny three is coming sure. in the fall or or in 2021. But there there will probably be something new, and I kind of. I'm curious what you guys think. Like, where might where might Bungie go? 
You know, it's it's such an interesting thing to consider because they're going to Stadia next month. <laughs> I, can't, yeah. I can't imagine them not doing another sci-fi shooter. So I right. think it's certainly been their bread and butter and even predating Halo back yeah. to Marathon. Marathon yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just they're just so good at it. Like if they didn't do a shooter, I'd be so curious to see how that would play out. They just come out with a Civil War first person shooter with like <laughs> self like you have to manually reload the muskets. And I'm sure it'd be great. <laughs> but I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I mean. So Jason Jones, for those of you, if you don't follow Bungie closely, Jason Jones is the co-founder of Bungie. He's been there the whole time. He's still there. Uh, He almost never gives interviews, period. He's just a very reclusive guy, and I don't say that with any negative connotation whatsoever. He just doesn't doesn't like doing interviews. He doesn't like being in the public eye. Uh, I got to do the the inner... I got to interview him... In 2013 or 2014, whatever the year, it would have been 2014 because that was the year Destiny was coming Mm -hmm. out, uh, Destiny 1. And that that was the first interview he had done in, because I went back and checked, 11 years. Oh my gosh. Hmm. The first major interview he'd done in 11 years. And I don't believe he's done one since. Nice. He's, he like, he did appear, he was on stage at Sony once or twice in that initial uh, Destiny launch, but he didn't speak. He didn't, you know, give any remarks or presentation. Yeah, he's just a guy, but but anyway, the point is, he's also sort of their creative mastermind. Halo was his brainchild. I mean, not mm. that the rest of the team wasn't involved, but it was sort of led by him, and and if you remember during, if you're, if you're a big-time Bungie or Halo historian, you may remember that during... Halo 3, if I'm remembering correctly, Jason kind of went off that project and the rest of the team was working on Halo 3 and he disappeared to go dream up Bungie's next big thing. Uh, There was, at the time, there was a Project Phoenix, which I talked about in my interview with him. Uh, There was a sort of Minecraft-type game that they were prototyping for a little while uh, that was called... Oh, it starts with a G. It's like... It's right. It's in that article and it's barely, it's in my head somewhere anyway, but eventually landing on destiny. And here we are all these years later and it's, and it's real. So, um, I would imagine that this is probably the point in time where Jason Jones with, with destiny being in Luke Smith's capable hands Mm -hmm. and this, the rest of the studio's hands, he's probably considering where he wants to take time to do the same thing, kind of go off and stretch the legs and keep, improving or just going on a whole different direction. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, uh, but the, you know, it's hard to even, obviously we're not in his head. We don't know what he might be thinking about, but the one thing that occurs to me is that Bungie, number one, Bungie is a big studio these mm-hmm. days. They're mm-hmm. one of the larger sort of single entity studios. Cause you know, like rockstar encompass, like all of rockstar studios encompass thousands of people and yeah. you know Ubisoft has a, but but just Bungie is something like 4 or 500 people last yeah. i knew which is enormous and the whole the thing is the that entire mm. studio is currently staffed and built to making a destiny game a an on, a persistent online looter shooter if mm-hmm. we want to if we want to go with the term so i mean it, i i wonder if if Jason Jones would feel like 
he kind of has to stay on a similar path because that's what the team is and the, the talent and, and everything is is geared toward. Mm-hmm. Or if he would get up in front of that team and say, well, we're going off in this completely different direction now and and you're all invited. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know how, because you, at that point, you're, you know, you're responsible for the, for the, the well-being, the welfare of four or 500 people, you know, mm-hmm. you, so I imagine that they don't, even if you have a great creative idea for something, they're big enough now where they have to take the the business needs of the studio as a whole and the the people within the studio as a, as a major consideration of that. Yeah, I mean, I think it kind of depends on how they want to keep up with Destiny 2. So based on how they've already launched um, New Light and everything, it feels like they're really buckling down to have Destiny 2 go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. A very long time. So yeah. I'm imagining that this deal will be split a little bit, divided up. Okay, you guys are going to be on Destiny 2 for a long time. Keep making the content for that and make this a great experience. Maintain what we've already established while other teams get to go start developing whatever's next for them and just do both things. Makes a ton of sense. Um, yeah, yep. I don't I don't know. I was talking about this with my friends recently. It's like I'm Dota 2's it's weird tangent almost, but Dota 2's been such like a a massive piece of my life that yeah. I just don't see it going away. And like that's a little bit different cuz it's not necessarily a story-based thing, but then you look at something like Final Fantasy 14 that's been going on forever and like all these other things. It's like an MMO, but True. Destiny has like so much of that built in of just this living game, right? Absolutely. And like I think because they are doing their own thing now, they can just aspire to being a game that just lives on for a very very long time mm-hmm. and like keeps offering a great quality content for their players. So I think it would make most sense to me that they, they keep up with Destiny 2. Like, that's a big priority for the studio. And then, you know, do something on the side to stretch the legs again and get something fun in. So, if anything, Bungie could end up getting bigger because they'll support, <laughs> they continue to support Destiny and then make a whole big could. <laughs> second new thing, too. The, the whole new light move definitely makes me feel like it's it's like this is kind of here to stay. Like, kind of yeah. like World of Warcraft kind of did the same thing where. Eventually, there were so many expansions that now it's like if you want to play the like last two, you have to pay for them. But I think the game's like five dollars, and you get every. Well, the game's free up until level twenty, and I think it's like five bucks, and you get like everything right up until the last two expansions. And it's it's it definitely feels more like a platform now. Yeah, it's great. Great points all around. Yep, and it's just like kind of interesting to see how more and more games are going in that direction, and. Also very challenging for people like us who like to play everything. And it's like, I want to keep playing that, but I don't really have time because I'm playing these three other games. Also, these other games are narrative experiences and just, oh, man. You're so right. It's so great. Yeah, it's harder than ever to try and and keep up because, Mm -hmm. I mean, these these games now, by design, their goal is to keep you Mm -hmm. playing that game and not play any other games. Stay in our game keep spending money in our game. Mm-hmm. Don't play anyone else's game. I, I definitely like got a little caught up in the shadow keep hype. Like, especially this morning, like I saw people were like one more hour till the servers go live. And I was like, Oh man, I am kind of like, I am kind of little FOMO. Feeling a little caught up in this. And then I, and then it's just like, I look at like the landscape of this next like month or two and I'm still playing borderlands. And I'm like, I just, meh, the, the trick is you just don't sleep. Oh, <laughs> that's Who what I do. That? 
I'm, I may be getting sick, but you know, it's fine. I still don't need sleep. Cause it's like, I still haven't finished oh. gears. I went and, and I, I got, I, I did the same thing with links awakening as everybody was posting about it. And I was mm-hmm. like, forget it. And I just went and bought it. And I'm, I got to the second dungeon on my first, like sit. And I, I literally haven't played it since. Yeah. I'm still, I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle of both Control and Link's Awakening. Control, I'm like an hour into. And yeah, and and I've got, uh, I'm very much looking forward to the Call of Duty campaign specifically mm-hmm. later this month and Luigi's Mansion 3 and probably, oh, and Outer Worlds. Outer Worlds is, like, is, it's, is <laughs> I'm very excited for Outer Worlds. Like, again, we get to, we're so lucky to get to, yeah. to make content about this stuff for a living. But even when you're doing that during the day, Mm-hmm. As, part, as part of your job, there's still not enough time. To still, play. Yeah. That's Absolutely. how incredible the video game landscape is in 2019. It's yeah. just so many wild. Games. There's uh, some other games that are still going on and doing some very cool things. Like yes. Apex Legends. Season yes. just came up, which I'm super excited for because I had to miss most of season two because I was traveling so much. Um, so that's another part of the juggle, right? It's like the hard thing of, okay, well, I got to do Dota 2 because that's a permanent fixture in my life. All right, I'm going to do Destiny because I really want to get back into that. All right, I'm going to get back into Apex. So I want to play with my dad, and because I love it, and then and it's like getting play control and so many things. It's and fantastic. you know, it's funny. It, it's how quickly time flies. Six months ago, Apex Legends was the biggest game in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's what everyone. Maybe not by by actual literal player numbers, but it was it was it was the thing. It's it was, the, was, it was the it game. Yeah. And, you know, they, I think they've, it seems like they've had a couple little speed bumps in the road. Yeah, with they're figuring out monetization Yeah, and decisions stuff. and things. But mm-hmm. it's still, that's a massive game that lives on. It's getting new content. They're doing so much cool stuff. And their new character is great. He's so cool. Crypto? Yeah, Crypto's cool. Yeah, it looks cool. Everyone's And cool. there's like a whole new map too, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like a fire and ice map. It's really cool. Rip Titanfall now that Apex continues to. It's not going to curse, right? There's, a, there's a Titanfall gun in Apex now. <laughs> I forget, well, I forget what it's called. They all are. Oh, yeah. whatever. They added a new one. It's some laser <laughs> gun. Yeah. People were making some big deal yeah, about like, oh, it's a. Uh, whatever it's called. I can't remember. I don't remember anymore either. It's been a while. Rip Apex. Or yeah. Rip Titanfall. I played Titanfall I 2 when it first came out and played it since. You guys, I could talk about Titanfall 2 all day. I love it so much. It is it is so great. It is, it's probably still the best. I'm trying to think if I've played a better first-person shooter campaign mm. since then. There have been some really good cool. ones. I mean, like Gears is a third person. Gears 5, yeah, third, mm-hmm. third person. That's third. Mm-hmm. That's first-person yeah. shooter campaign. I don't know. I don't know if I have. The best thing about Titanfall 2 <laughs> is that you're you're kind of like the game lets you play at your own pace. Like you're not with like every Call of Duty game is like you're with other people. And in this game, you're just like you're just Matt Mercer, just going through by yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a, awesome. It's it is a very I almost hate to say this because it's like it just makes me sound and feel old, but it is kind of a classic yeah. first person shooter campaign. It feels kind of half lifey where right. where it's like We're, things are happening, and, but you're by yourself, right? And and meaning classic, meaning like yeah, they're not really making them like this anymore, right. for right. better or for worse. But yeah, Titanfall two, y'all. If you slept on it, pick it up. It's yeah. Super good. Maybe check out Apex as well if you haven't. Yeah, it's so it's so good. It feels so great. I don't know. Ever respawn just has a way with their movement and their guns. <laughs> you know, I didn't. I love it. I didn't talk about this last week because it's not Xbox, but just. In the interest of while we're on the subject of respawn, mm-hmm. uh, and oh, yeah. Xbox fans are probably all respawn fans because they've made 
three excellent Xbox One games so far. They do have another project that's sadly not coming to Xbox, but I got to go see it, and I was uh, very impressed. They're making, they're bringing back Medal of Honor as oh, a VR right. game. Yeah, it's for Oculus, mm. and yeah, it's uh, it was very impressive. It's one of the more impressive VR games I've seen in the sense of it feels like a fully featured, complete game rather than just like a gimmick where you have a you know where you're in the world and have a gun in your hand like it there's there's a lot of depth and, and layers to it so <laughs> yeah if you're curious to learn more i wrote a big preview it's, uh, it's called medal of honor above and beyond so that is the other thing that that respawn is currently hard at work at the game's out in 2020 okay still not done with all the new stuff mm-hmm. ghost recon breakpoint ghost recon breakpoint brandon tyrell not here because okay. he's doing a review for that servers are live so yeah. he's out there uh at, at just anchored down at home just playing 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 that one mm-hmm. uh mark i mean we don't have to repeat ourselves you and sure. i t- gave our thoughts after yep. the preview event of I guess that would have been about a month or so ago now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We were we we definitely like some stuff, but there's some stuff we certainly o- overall pretty lukewarm of. on it. Yeah, um, that's probably a good way to sum I, it up. I, I think people are enjoying it. I don't know. Doug and played it a little bit late yesterday. I don't know. The review will be out soon, hopefully. <laughs> review it, it was it was, it was one know. of those it was one of those deals where um, we couldn't play it till everyone can play it. So you know. yeah, servers had to fire up. Yep. So hopefully uh, we'll get some impressions up soon, but uh, yeah, I don't know because Brandon hadn't played it yet last night. Yeah, he was he had he had not played it, but I, James streamed it on IGN. He just yep. played it live on streamed IGN it yesterday. And, yeah, yeah, I talked to him. He was he. I think it's fair to he's not here to speak for himself, mm-hmm. uh, but I, I think it's fair to say when I talked to him, he seemed kind of lukewarm on it as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yep. I'm I'm really I'm genuinely curious to see the community at large's reaction mm-hmm. to Ghost Recon Breakpoint, and then from there what the kind of roadmap for that game looks like if, you know, the Ubisoft team, how they address criticism and, or, or, you know, double down on the good stuff and sort of how that, that game will. I I remember feeling like I wasn't a huge fan of the fact that there's like gear scores and stuff. It kind of feels division-y. And uh, again, not to speak for Duggan, but he said the same thing. He's like, I don't understand why there's gear scores on everything. Like that's, he's like, I already played this this year. Right the division two. <laughs> and so it's like, he kind of feels like he's just playing a more like offline version, even though it pushes to be online only. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But, I mean, we'll see. But I think, you know, the, the, it's good to bring up because the thing to keep in mind, and I know we've said this before, but wildlands was like the second or third best selling yeah. game of 2017. It was, there was a massive success. Even if kind of, it just wasn't, it didn't really have a, a long shelf life in our little, yeah, bubble meaning like sort of the ign immediate like us and what we're playing but it's the same thing with siege just like these ubisoft games come out and then we all you know mainstream moves on and then it's like they get these like dedicated fan bases oh, that I just mean, keep these games alive. siege has grown and grown mm-hmm. i think i feel like i saw a announcement i think they hit like 30 million unique players recently and over for the- honor is the same thing like yeah. a ton of people still playing for honor that's true yeah. So, yeah, we'll see. I, you know, I'd be curious what you guys out there think of Breakpoint if you give it a try this week. It's coming out at a, a, a you know, crowded time, but yeah. it it's a big name. Like it's I'm not saying it's not worthy of <laughs> of being a a big Q4 release, but yeah, you know, the the early returns on it seemed from maybe not 
okay, within our bubble, I'll just mm-hmm. caveat it that way, seem to be lukewarm. So yeah. see what uh, see what you guys I, I think, think it's coming it. out at a, at a pretty good time only because it's like October's busy, but it seems more... Backloaded. Like, the end of the yeah, month. yeah, more towards the end of the month. Like yeah. this, I, I'm trying to think of like anything huge coming out in the next week or two. I, you know, I don't concrete genie. That's not yeah. huge. I you know, it's just to, first part. Take a look, but <laughs> uh, and then finally, before we get to the kind of minimal news this week, because it is it's just like everything's just coming out. So yeah. it's, it's that time of year where we news we're just is slow because yeah. now the games are There's here. There's a lot of go- lot going on, but not necessarily with news. Exactly. Yeah. But Microsoft Flight Simulator. Give me a minute. Hold on. Because I was thinking probably what a lot of you listening and watching are thinking. Like, okay, that's neat that they're bringing that back, but I don't care. Mm -hmm. However, uh, we sent the intrepid Seth Macy, the uh, one and only employee of IGN Maine, (laughs) out to see Hold down the fort. Yeah, hold down the fort. He's uh, the, the... President, CEO, HR, yeah. the intern. He's yeah, janitor. He's a janitor. Yeah, custodial. All yeah, of it. he's all. Um, now Seth's great, and yeah, he went out. He was he was interested in going, so I said, "Great, what you know, head out to Seattle to the preview event for us. Would would love to have you go." And uh, he came back. Not only did he come back extraordinarily impressed by what he saw, but. Uh, the coverage I was seeing from other outlets that attended the the event, also, they, everybody seemed very pleasantly surprised at just how phenomenal this looked. Mm-hmm. And yes, it is a simulation. It's yeah. right there in the title, simulator. It's not a game with a score and points and levels and competition. That's It is a simulator. But it is evidently so technically impressive and so uh technologically impressive listen so i i actually printed off seth's preview and i wanted to share a couple of bits with you so he says i don't think i've ever been as impressed by any technology as much as i was by microsoft's upcoming flight simulator Uh, it's astonishing in its commitment to realism and the implementation is clever extraordinarily technical and completely blew me away now i'm the previews editor here and it is my job. I normally I would strike something like that from the record because I, I would say, "Don't say that." The fine, you know, we don't know what the final right. game's going to be. Mm-hmm. They they might just be showing us the best, the absolute best piece, and the the final game could end up so flawed that that quote comes back and bites us in the ass later. But no, when you read the rest of it, it's it's incredible. So let me just tell you. So it's the 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 big thing is <clears throat> the. Uh, the, the fact it combines uh, Bing Bing satellite imagery to procedurally and accurately generate any terrain you want to fly over. So it's it, trees and buildings are modeled on the fly in 3D and sit exactly where they do in real life. We were invited to try and find our houses and fly over them, which of course I did. Since the buildings are generated, it didn't look like my house, but it was exactly where my house is in real life. All my neighbors' houses were uh, were where they are uh, in the real world, with roads and side streets busy with procedurally generated traffic. And then he says, I wanted to see how deep the data really went. Uh, the developer of Sobo told us during the presentation you could fly from or to over 40,000 real-world airports. Wow. So... I didn't even know there was that many airports. There's an insane (laughs) level of technical and sort of procedural and satellite map detail that 
this game is coming to Xbox One. Mm-hmm. It will be now. They were playing. They were absolutely on PC for this event with uh, GTX cards. So with ray, nice. ray tracing, like yeah. so. The 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 video you watch on IGN is absolutely PC footage. Make no bones about it. It remains to be seen how the Xbox One version, even on the X, will look because mm-hmm. there is no ray tracing on this console. There will yep. be on Scarlet, mm-hmm. uh, and I would, of course, Flight Simulator is going to. There, I'm sure there will be a ray tracing update mm-hmm. for flight simulator for scarlet like I, that's all but assured but yeah i mean i, I don't want to linger on this too long but i don't know if you guys also had a chance to read seth's coverage but yeah it was not just him but again like seeing reading seth was like wow okay i guess i should be taking a closer look at this and then seeing all the other coverage mm-hmm. saying the same thing it's like microsoft might have a, a quite a little not a little quite a Quite a, 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 a impressive project on their hands here. Mm-hmm. I saw the footage. Uh, my desk mate was looking at it, and Seth got to actually go on an actual plane yes. as well. Yeah, they, they, and, to compare. Yeah, and he was showing me the side-by-side, and he's like, man, that's he's funny. like, the game looks better than real life. <laughs> Don't say that. That's not, that's not true. It's always a funny uh, comment. But it is uh, funny. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like... Specifically, we were looking at like the actual like the view of all the controls. Yeah, the cockpit view, and and it was really really cool looking. Yeah, like how accurate it all. Yeah, there's all sorts of planes in it, from like little single engine Cessna things up to I think like passenger jet liners and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's just a, a vast assortment, and it, it mentions I guess they said uh, in some cases the cockpits were 3D scanned, and in other cases the manufacturers of the planes sent the developers the AutoCAD files for the cockpit so that each one could be built to exact specs in the game, which is super neat. I mean, that's the pure definition of of simulation. Very intense on that simulation part. Yes. All those gauges are going to do something. (laughs) Yep. And it's going to be, again, it's Microsoft Games, so if you have Game Pass for PC, it'll just be there when the game Mm -hmm. comes out, presumably sometime next year. But there you go, Microsoft Flight Simulator. I never thought we would spend five minutes on this show talking about that, <laughs> but we did. It's a thing. We did it. All right, my friends. Uh, Troy Baker. Yeah. Ew. We know him. This is an interesting story. Yes. Personally, but we know his work. Certainly. He bonded over living in Texas. Yeah. It's been nice. Yeah, he's uh, qu- got quite a body of voice acting work, particularly mm-hmm. in the in the video game industry. He's been in so many big games. Yep. From Uncharted to... Uh, Tales from the Borderlands <laughs> to Bioshock Infinite to on and on and on. Well, Miranda, why don't you do you want to tell us about this? Because this is just weird. <laughs> yeah. So Troy Baker <laughs> has been having some interesting comments with Gearbox because stuff with Gearbox just does not seem to end. Um, so speaking to VG247.com at a fan event for Troy Baker and Nolan North's retro replay. Uh, Troy Baker discussed how he was on board to ter- return for Borderlands 3, but Gearbox wouldn't, quote, go about doing it the way that we needed it to be done. Uh, quote again, so they came to me and they were like, do you want to do this? Baker explained, which I said, absolutely. And then they made it impossible for me to do the role. It had nothing to do with money. It had, yeah. Yeah, they nothing to do with money. Yeah, they simply just wouldn't go about the way that it needed to be done. And so they he specifically never said no. Right. And so for that clarification, they're like, was it like 
schedule conflicts? Like, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if it's not about money, then what's the problem? And he ended up going out saying that they wouldn't go union. Um, quote, right, work with union voice actors. Yes. Yeah. Yes, which is um, a pretty big deal. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, them not abiding to that's like a pretty big but but then it was pointed out like Ashley Birch there are there are union people that are in the game right yeah. I was so say, that's like, you, sort you of the strange part of this have other people so like what's your actual beef with what Troy Baker here because mm-hmm. I don't I don't I don't understand it do we have the quote yeah I got it so I got to read you <laughs> could you could you do the gearbox response yeah <laughs> yeah so so yeah you've got okay so you've got and remember, this isn't new. Like, we heard about this when Borderlands 3 was finally officially announced earlier this year. Yeah. Yeah. Someone, I think someone came to Troy Baker right away and was like, hey, are you going to be coming back? And he'd said, oh, I wanted to, but it wasn't going to work out. Mm-hmm. So we've sort of heard this before, but yeah. it just keeps coming back around, as you alluded to, Miranda. And so Gearbox chose to respond to this. And here, just, st- just stick with me till the end of this statement. <laughs> Gearbox says... Troy is an exceptional talent, and we were disappointed that he declined to partner on Borderlands 3 after being offered the part. We wish him the best and hope he knows the offer to collaborate with him still stands. Gearbox is a Texas company and is bound by Texas law, which means that a person cannot be denied employment because of membership or non-membership in a labor union or other labor organization. As a talent-owned and talent-led organization, Gearbox enthusiastically works to ensure our pay and working conditions meet or exceed union standards. We also believe strongly in hiring local voice actors whenever we can, which is why we're thrilled Troy's career really took off after working with us. <laughs> That's also funny, too, because they say that Ooh. he declined to join them. And then, of course, mm-hmm. in his comment, he's saying, I never said no. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, there was a breakdown here. So I'm not saying, I'm not completely taking Troy's side in that there, there does seem to be some, oh, there's in- something discrepancy here, you, you right? can't really take a firm side here because <laughs> but, obviously something happened and we're just like, well, I, I don't know what that is, but like but gearbox, this- they're a, they're a big company. They're a publisher, mm-hmm. not yep. just a developer. Mm-hmm. You can't, you got to take the high road here. People mm-hmm. it's getting spicy. It's what is the, the salt here? Like yeah. we're t- sort of, just yeah. that last little stinger on the way out, like taking credit for Troy's career. Come like, on. Like, like I know people love Tales from the Borderlands. I know they do. But yeah. to, to credit... The, well, he was that, in Brothers in Arms long, long ago as well. So I think that might be what they're more alluding oh, to. Oh, okay. Rather I than... Because, I mean, you know, the, the initial subject was mm-hmm. him returning as Reese. As Reese, from, yeah. You know, you know, in Borderlands yeah. 3, who was, of course, one of the, the two leads in... Tales from the Borderlands, but yeah, this I think this is going back mm-hmm. farther here. This is where Gearbox is digging I feel, back. I a feel like deeper. they're just they're, yeah, they're they're weirdly giving themselves a lot of credit for his where his talent has gotten him. Yeah, he's been in a lot of video games, quite a lot. Um, yeah, it's just like <laughs> I can't okay. even like really like. Yeah, I mean, it makes for fun internet drama, but. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna I'll, let me take a more practical look at this. Uh, Troy Baker, from what I know, what I've observed, seems to be part of what really looks like a, a pretty tight knit voice acting community. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had I had Sissy Jones on 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 Unfiltered, and 
you know, uh, what's the what's the Kickstarter thing that a bunch of the voice act, the D and D animated uh, critical role. Thank you. Yeah, animated. Like, it's a bunch of video game voice actors. They're all mm-hmm. friends, and they're they're doing this animated show, and it took off on Kickstarter. Everybody, you know, all their respective fans were stoked about the project, and you know, so what I'm driving at is not that there is a chance, like Gearbox risks alienating some of at least that sort of top tier video game voice mm-hmm. acting talent mm-hmm. that's that's friends with and respects Troy where the next time a game comes around from Gearbox Gearbox reaches out to some of these other big name voice actors talented people they might just say nah yeah <laughs> you know that Gearbox might be might be uh they need to kind of think about the future on this especially since this isn't the first controversy they've had with voice acting in their game or yeah using talent or mm-hmm. any sort yeah credible because uh, there's uh, the, all the clap traps clap trap that's right yep. yeah yeah so i i don't know i just don't get it it's a very bizarre feud it's a strange feud and I'm so tired of hearing about Gearbox. This isn't even the most recent controversy. Well, you know, you're, you're the Duke Nukem the one. Thing, right? The Duke Nukem yeah. music one is the most recent one. Phil, everybody, I actually didn't even get the whole story. I heard I, sort of overheard it in the. I don't office. know, like. I'll be right back. Go ahead, Mark. I don't know, like super specifics, but but it, it, it's so it's basically the guy who did the music for Duke Nukem 3D owns the rights to that music like he is the okay. owner so so then and, when and they Gearbox made Gearbox owns the rights to the ip to now the IP. we know that so yeah. then when they made uh duke nukem 3d world tour which came out in 2016 okay uh he advised them like hey just so you know if you go to use my music I, you you have to pay me those royalties sure which was like i think it was like a dollar a unit or something like that okay something pretty reasonable yeah uh and they didn't and uh, he reached out to Randy specifically, like, like, and was like, "Hey, what's going on?" And Randy replied with, "Don't worry, we'll make sure we take care of you." Okay. And it's been two, three years now. Nothing's ever happened, so we got a lawyer got a involved. Lawyer up. Yeah. Uh, because he's just like, "What the heck? Like, this is my music. You're not allowed to." And I guess Valve's involved with it too because they're the ones distributing the game. Oh wow. Uh, and so the, it's just a whole thing that all happened yesterday. Boy, it's, it's, you know. For as fun as Borderlands 3 is, man, I'm sick of it. <laughs> you know, you're not the I've seen that sentiment expressed a lot over the last couple of days in the discussion around mm. this Troy Baker story where, you know, there's, it's that thing where I know, again, even just in the, 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 the gaming community mm-hmm. is still, like the, the hardcore IGN reading, game, Reddit reading, yeah. Twitter using gaming community is still the the sort of the the enthusiastic core, you know. Mm-hmm. The people that buy there are millions of people that buy Borderlands 3 uh yeah. that that don't ever come to IGN. They'll never hear this. They don't go on Twitter yeah. and they probably they will don't never even, know about that. They story. don't even realize that Claptrap's a different actor from right. Borderlands 2. <laughs> but you got to wonder like when enough of these things start to pile mm-hmm. up, does it at what point can or even can it even have a, a detrimental effect on Gearbox's business or not? Because you know what's ma- tough is is <laughs> their CEO seems to be the kind of the the it kind of revolves around him a lot of these controversies, but it's a privately held company. So that's true. It, yeah, nobody, he can do whatever he wants. He can do it. It's his company. Yeah, he like can, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough. It's it's really hard because Borderlands. I mean, 
hopefully the next time they put out a game, which like if they make Borderlands four, like that'll probably be like eight years from now, and hopefully all this will die down. Yeah, hopefully just like value their creative talent and do good things. Thanks. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, I mean, no, just we with were, all of these things. Miranda's yeah, back. About, <laughs> sorry, I had to put my nose in. It was, like, gross. <laughs> you know, could this could this uh, piling up of, of uh, for lack of a better term, yeah. controversy, yeah. eventually hurt Gearbox's business when we recognize that we're just kind of the enthusiastic core. Mm. There are millions of Borderlands 3 customers. I mean, it didn't for Borderlands this. 3 sure because the game of, sold like nuts. Right, so. I'm sure there's a lot of people who don't even know about this too. So I think right. it's just more about the people who were involved in making these games with them. It's going to... Yeah, and that's yeah. that's kind of my... I, I'm with you that because that uh, there because that's where I feel like it's almost the same thing as with the, the Troy Baker sp- uh, situation in a, in a on a micro level, on a macro level, you maybe get to the point where, I mean, you know, hey, People, developers have got to work and they've got to take care of their families. And if, you know, a job at Gearbox is the, the best opportunity, I'm sure they're going to take it. But, you know, you have to wonder if, if enough of this stuff piles up. But I do, will, will developer talent stop, start going, eh, let's see, yeah. I've, got a, I've got job offer A from this studio, job offer B from Gearbox. Eh, I'm not going to take job offer B. Well, and I, I also agree with your sentiment of like, Hey, we want to we want to start casting our next game, and like people are like, like y'all seem to have beef with like every single voice act, every talent you hire. No, we're good. Just want to mention, I rolled credits on Borderlands Three the other day. Andrew Goldfarb's name is there. That's true. He was there for all of that. Yeah, yeah. My wife goes, why, uh, why, why is Goldfarb's name on there? Because you know he he started IGN, you know, the second time. Right. I don't even know if it was like a year before me. And so Borderlands Three, and and I was like, well, you have to assume Borderlands Three's <laughs> development started long well, in some that. form, yeah, <laughs> in yeah. some form. <laughs> oh well, he's not, and it's weird. He's not listed as a part. They do this thing where they just do everybody alphabetical. Okay, like there's no like game director. Like yep. even Randy Pitchford's name is just in the R's, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then it's like special thanks, and then and then you see Goldfarb's nice. name in there. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Got to feel good, right? It was cool to see. I was like, "Hey, I, I, <laughs> I met that man once, and then worked with him for three years." Oh, Goldfarb, we miss you, buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope Seattle's treating you well. Yeah. All right, uh, and then finally, just real quick, uh, qu- quick note: Civilization Six, one of the most tremendous strategy games on the market, is coming to Xbox One, and it's going to be a fall game release. It's just coming right out November twenty second. Mm. Add that to the November pile. You know, if, I mean, if you're a strategy game fan, you don't currently have a lot of options on Xbox One, which is unfortunate. There was there was a wave of strategy games that came to Xbox in the 360 era. We yeah. saw this wave of them that, like yeah. Halo, Wars Halo Wars and Supreme yeah. Commander and Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth 2, uh, right. uh, one of the Command and Conquerors. Like, and I played a bunch of them. And, you know, uh, most of them were pretty good. Some of them didn't technically run that well. I actually recently played Halo Wars again. One or uh, two? Uh, both of them. Both of them. Nice. When I, when I, I was out for a month uh, yeah. and I, I just played Xbox Game Pass and I was like, I'm going to play Halo Wars again. I didn't. <laughs> Those games are great. They're really great. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope there's a third one at some point. We'll see. But mm-hmm. yeah, Civ 6 on its way. So if you like strategy games, you're getting a great one. Available to you on Xbox on November 22nd. Same day as Doom Eternal. So I'll be playing Doom Eternal that day <laughs> myself. I'm, have some that's, options. Uh, 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, apple, orange, whichever fruit you prefer. Loot box time. Let's talk about a question from Brenton. Been sitting on this one for a few weeks, so Brenton will hopefully will be will hear this. With all the talk around yet another Marvel video game, that would be Marvel's Avengers being developed just down the way here in uh, Redwood Shores, Crystal Dynamics. Hmm. Brenton says, I got to wondering what you guys might want for the next superhero game. What kind of game and who from? And Brenton says, I personally would love it if Remedy, makers of Control, made a third-person action game starring Doctor Strange. Strong call, Brenton. Hmm. Or if we got an open-world or open-ocean game set in the world of Aquaman by either Ubisoft or Insomniac. Hmm. I like I like Brenton's thinking here. So uh, what do you guys think? Superhero, who, who? what do you want and who should do it? Miranda, you're clapping your hands. Yes, because <laughs> I'm going to say this forever, but Batman Beyond. Like, I know we got Batman g- games and... Don't necessarily need more of them, but Batman Beyond is so different. It's so good. Like the tonally is so different, and it's great. I'm not really picky who would make it, just because I I want anything Batman Beyond, guys. Hmm. Anything. I love it so much. It's my favorite Batman thing. Um, really, you're, be, that is your favorite. It's my favorite Batman. That's so great. <laughs> yeah. I love hearing that. Yeah, like I've Batman's been my favorite superhero since I was a super small kid. I used to have like my little Batman sweatpants that were made for boys, but it's like these are for me, and I love them. And uh, I'd really actually like to see maybe Arcane Studios work on it. Interesting. I think they have yes. an, a really interesting set with like all their abilities and such a focus on like that stealth aspect. And I think that's something that's great for Batman. So and the and uh, they've they've done the open worldy kind of stuff. Yeah, right? and like the whole mm-hmm. thing with with uh, Batman Beyond too is that you have this like super high tech suit, right? It's like there's mm-hmm. so much they could play with there. Um, I just like to see that. That would be great because well, it's like, yeah, when you think of Dishonored, you think of like gadgets and stuff like that. Yeah, you think so. of all the abilities and like the way you could, you could kind of approach a mission and like do different things and go like super lethal or very sneaky. And mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of cool things you could do there. Let me pose you this question then. First person or third person? Um, I think I'd want first person. See, I, I'm i with you on that. Yeah, I don't think we've, we've, the only first person Batman game we've ever had was uh, Arkham VR. Yeah. For PlayStation. Oh, right, right. Which was, that. which was really fun, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like it was technically, you know, it was it was clear that it was developed within the limitations of the of the what the PlayStation camera and the wands could do, but like oh man, that where you go down into the bat cave, you ride the elevator down to yeah. the bat cave and then yeah. put the suit on and then look in the mirror. It's like, oh it's Yeah, so you cool. like pick yeah. up the mask and put it yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um that's cool. I would now of course Sadly, legally, it'll probably never happen because no. <laughs> Zenimax owns Arcane, WB mm-hmm. owns the Batman IP, but we're just dreaming here. Yeah, mm-hmm. this, is, this is my we're dream. We're just dreaming. Mark? It's not practical. Uh, so I said a Dread game. Okay. The, the new, the, you know, Judge Dread. I am the law. He is the law. Uh, the new movie, <laughs> super, well, new, old movie now, uh, super violent and super, like, gritty uh, and so I said either buy uh, Machine Games or it Ooh. because it's like Machine Games. Yes. Like what they've done with Wolfenstein, they could totally make that absolutely into, into like a Judge Dread game. And I want all the cool slow motion mechanics and stuff that were in the movie, like the slow, like, like have some, you know, like in, a, you know, like the Sniper Elite games where it's like they have those like, yeah, the slow, you know, down. The, the slow down. So it's like. Mm-hmm when you're going to kill the last guy and it's like, it slows down and you just see them get that X-ray, you know, I think it'd be super cool. <laughs> I like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you. Machine machine games could do that upright. That yeah, would be nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, I'm gonna stick. I know it's it's a boring answer, but give me Rocksteady. Make make taking a crack at Superman. I want mm-hmm. somebody has got to figure it out and make it good. I think my Superman ideal Superman game would have some Clark Kent stuff in it. Maybe some like secret identity, like having to use my powers in sneaky ways, mm-hmm. uh, going into the phone booth to sure. change. Um, yeah. I, somebody has to crack the Superman code in the same way yep. that Rocksteady themselves cracked the Batman code so, after so many years. What do you like about Superman? I mean, just that it, he's it, unstoppable. It, it's a power <laughs> fantasy. It's the ultimate Power do, fantasy, can do right? anything. Like it's yeah, you're just you're on you're virtually unstoppable. Mm. So th- and that's of course part of been part of the challenge right. with Superman games over the years is having meaningful stakes and making, you know, you're just this invulnerable dude flying around. The only yeah. way the only way to make it work is everybody has crypt- uh, kryptonite weapons and then you're not Superman at that point. Exactly. You're just <laughs> kryptonite or something to uh with mind control abilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that Could too. Be no fun red red for tonight. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Uh, you never know. But hopefully, Marvel's Avengers will be good. We got uh, that's in about the uh, game's only about six months away now. Is Miranda ready's a sneeze? It, like, She's trying to stifle it. it. Went down. <laughs> Sorry for the bad. She's face. got it. She's got it. Everybody. Saved. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Brenton, for sending that in. If you have a loot box question, it's just again any video game question to just pose as a discussion point to the panel, email it to us at unlocked at IGN.com. Before we go, let's do a quick unlock block trivia. Destin's not here. Miranda, good chance for you to pick up some points. I know this one. Oh, good. Okay. This, uh, I like where this is going. So (laughs) give me those points. (laughs) The, uh, standings are as such Destin 10, Miranda six, Running out of time, but you're mm-hmm. still in the game. Mm-hmm. If we can keep him, if we can keep him busy with Destiny stuff for a few more weeks, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. come back. I th- like like just a cat with a with a ball of yarn. Like, hey, Destiny. Yeah. Hey, did you guys know that we, we thought about doing another Destiny stream? And Destiny, like, oh, I can't you're the, the star. Mark, you're the star. <laughs> He's like, bam, I'm out of here. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, uh, oh goodness, Tom. Oh good, I did write down Tom from the UK. I thought I didn't write down the the listener's name tom from the uk asks uh which member of halo reaches noble team was the sole survivor by the end of halo reach carter aka noble one cat she being noble two june noble three or emile noble four we're leaving out george who was the spartan two he was my favorite because he was a spartan two like Mm -hmm. He absolutely died in the yep. game. Super dead. <laughs> Very dead. Did not make it off of reach. Uh, so, as Gee, Miranda, Miranda, what's your guess? <laughs> I am not Go ahead. Mark, Mark, you got anything? I tried. Do you remember your Halo Reach? I tried. Uh, oh, man. I love Halo Reach, but I don't remember. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. So I'm going to go with uh, D. Okay, you're going with Emil. Nope. Yep. Four. Uh, Miranda. It's C, Noble 3. It is. Well done. 
I love it when I actually know the answer <laughs> thing. <laughs> Nicely done. Ten to seven now, narrowing yeah. the gap. Getting well, there. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see a nice tight race. The trophy is nearly done, from what I'm told. So, oh, wow. yeah, it's uh, so ni- they're it's, so nice. It's getting close. Yeah, our audience is an amazing audience. They have they're a great, great group of people. Uh, if you would like to send in an Xbox trivia question to try and stump the panel here, send it to unlocked at ign.com. Going to need the question, four multiple choice answers, and then please note the correct answer in your email. And we'll play again next week. But until then, it's time for us to go. You can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Uh, I just put up uh, a preview of... What was it? Oh, Mario and Sonic at the Tokyo Olympics uh-huh. for Switch. Yeah. yeah, Sega came by and that, I wouldn't say I had low expectations because that would be like mean to say, but I mm-hmm. I think I just wasn't expecting it to be as just lighthearted, self-aware, super fun as it was. There's some retro like 8-bit stuff in there. Some of the events mm. are in 8-bit, which, hmm. yeah, it was great. Super fun. Cool. Sounds like a Nintendo game. Yeah, and then... um. I've also got uh, another preview, well, PC game preview hitting tomorrow. So I guess I don't have any Xbox-specific stuff at the moment. How about you, Mark? Oh, man, you can find me on Twitter at DiGiorno. Um, let me think. <laughs> I can't, I don't think, I don't think. Uh, you have a lot of followers. It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tweet a lot about pizza. Um, no, things have been weirdly like, just like getting ready for stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it. yeah, I got nothing. It's all, it's just a whole bunch of behind the scenes stuff. That's, that's the end of this month's going to be crazy. Y'all. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. Miranda, take us home. Yeah. So you can find me at Havoc Rose on Havoc with a K on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. Um, I, I'm also just working on a lot of planning and behind the scenes stuff. That's a lot more of what my job is now these days. Anyway, um, I do have some stuff from TGS. <laughs> Still coming out, which is fine. It's nothing super high priority or it's like interesting stuff, but not something that need to be turned around immediately. So mm. I'll have some stuff come out from there. And uh, I don't know. Happy October, everybody. <laughs> happy so October. Happy. Yes, it is officially fall game season. All right, my friends. Thanks for watching slash listening. And we will see you next week. And bam. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.